0: This is Tennis Quick Tips, Episode Twenty. Hi, this is Kim from TennisFixation.com, your host for the Tennis Quick Tips Podcast. Each week, Tennis Quick Tips gives you a quick and easy tip to improve your tennis game and to make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. This week, we're continuing our little mini-series of podcasts. This is a series called Know Your Job in Tennis Doubles, and in it, I give you some quick and easy tips to tell you what you should be doing when you're on court in a doubles match, no matter what position you're playing. In the second podcast in the series, we'll talk about what I think is probably the hardest job on the court in doubles, the job of the server's partner. Now, why do I think this is the hardest job in doubles? Mainly because you see the ball well after the other three people on the court see it. The server and both of your opponents get a good look at the ball right as it's served. You, on the other hand, won't see it until it lands in the service box, and therefore you don't have quite as much time as your opponents or even your own partner to figure out just what your next move is going to be. Now if you're communicating with your partner as you should be and as we talked about in the last episode which you can find at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips19, then you'll have a good idea of where the serve is supposed to go and you'll also have a plan about what you'll be doing with the return. But if the serve didn't go where it was supposed to go, or if, and I hope this isn't the case, you're not talking to your partner about where the serve is supposed to go, then you may be the last person on the court to have a reaction to the ball. So let's talk about how you can try to avoid these problems and make the best of your job as the server's partner. So what's the job of the server's partner? One, help your partner pick out a target for their serve. Although the server will most likely make the decision as to where they're going to hit their serve, as the server's partner, you need to assist in this decision by letting your partner know what you think of your opponent's weaknesses and what you think you might be capable of doing when they hit their return. If you're seeing returns that you think are poachable, you need to let the server know that and have them try to get their serves up the middle. Two. Be moving and ready before the return is struck. You cannot be flat-footed and non-responsive when you're the server's partner. You need to be on the balls of your feet, ready for action. Do not stand unmoving, in your spot, thinking the return will be hit cross-court to your partner and you'll eventually get involved in the point. Instead, when the return is hit, have the thought in your mind that you want to get that ball. You want it to be yours. That one thought can help ensure that you're ready for whatever return comes across the net. Three, worry the returner. This is probably the easiest part of your job, yet it's the least likely to be done. The best thing you can do as the server's partner is to successfully poach the return and win the point. The next best thing you can do is to attempt to poach the return and even though you may be unsuccessful, get into the returner's head. If you've been hesitant to poach in the past, you absolutely must try to poach, because I promise you, even when your poach doesn't work, the returner will be thinking about it on his or her next return, and that next return has a good likelihood of going out because the returner tried to hit it too wide, or going out from being poorly hit down the line. So do your job and worry the returner. If you want some great tips on poaching, check out Tennis Quick Tips Episode 2 called Start Poaching Now, which you can find at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips2. I'll link to that episode in the show notes. Okay, so what's the next part of your job as the returner's partner? Four. Be prepared if the ball doesn't come to you, and watch your opponent at the net. If the return goes cross-court and is unpoachable, you should move off the net maybe two steps and watch your opponent at the net. By watching the net player, you can get a really good idea of what kind of shot your partner has just hit. If the net person is moving forward towards the net with their racket up and ready, You should prepare for the ball to be smashed right at you. While this might not happen, be ready for it because that's the worst thing that could happen to you. Anything else will be much easier to deal with. If the net opponent takes a few steps back or calls out yours to their partner, you can guess that your partner has hit a deep shot cross court or a deep lob and you need to prepare yourself for your opponent's possible weak shot that you might be able to pick off. Five, hit your volleys at the feet of your opponent at the net. Note that I did not say hit your volleys at your opponent at the net. First of all, that's not nice. Second, it's much easier for your opponent to stick out their racket and deflect a ball, hit waist high or higher, than it is for them to bend down and get to the ball at their feet. Third, even if they do bend their knees and get that low ball, they can only hit it up, probably giving you an easy ball that you can then put away. Six, communicate with your partner. I think this may be the most important part of your job as the server's partner. No matter what's happening on court, no matter how bad your partner might be serving, you have got to stay positive, focused, and supportive of your partner. You cannot coach your partner, and you cannot tell them all of the things they're doing wrong. That is a recipe for doubles disaster. Rather, you make suggestions about what could work and where the serve could be directed. Above all, your job is to remain upbeat and focused, no matter what. So that's the job description for the server's partner. In the next episode of Tennis Quick Tips, we'll talk about the big job on the other side of the net, that of the returner. If you'd like to go back over this episode more closely, you can find the show notes as well as a transcript with more information over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips20. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll take just a minute or two to leave your review and rating on iTunes. You can do this by visiting tennisfixation.com slash iTunes. I'd love to share your review here on the podcast. If you have questions about the game, or if you have suggestions about what you'd like to hear, you can always email me at kim at tennisfixation.com. All of my contact info, show notes for this episode, and all of the other Tennis Quick Tips episodes can be found over at tennisfixation.com. Thanks so much for listening, and happy tennis!